Welcome to Mint. My name is Adam Levy, and I'm going to be showing you how the creators of today are building the communities of tomorrow by harnessing the power of Web3. This episode welcomes serial entrepreneur and social media mogul Gary Vaynerchuk, who's the founder of VaynerMedia, VaynerX, VFriends, Flyfish, and so much more. It was a real pleasure having him on and hearing his point of view on the evolving landscape of Web3 and all that it brings. So without further ado, in this episode, we discuss the current state of NFTs in 2022, the rise of music NFTs, how the relationship between record labels and artists will evolve thanks to Web3, how to manage your time between creating and community managing, his point of view on social tokens and creator coins, how he thinks of building a minimum viable community and how it's different and similar to minimum viable products, a new game that I like to call bullish or bearish, and so much more. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Gary, welcome to Mint, my friend. How you doing? How you feeling? I'm great, Adam. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Thank you for being on. Let's dive right in, okay? I want to talk to you about the current state of NFTs right now, okay? You've obviously been a very big proponent, very vocal on this stuff. What is the current state of NFTs? Um... I would say the current state is incredible innovation on how humans interact, communities are built, uh, kind of the same reason sports teams work, bands work, financial interest. But I also think a ton of bad behavior where people are really incredibly uh, navigating through greed and short-term economics. And I think that's a formula for a lot of projects to fail and it's going to be a game of hits and misses. Okay. But with, with every exciting thing, okay. There's always like the bad actors. There's always the greed, I guess. What, what is like a more of like the optimistic outlook you think for 2022 that we're approaching? Well, actually, I actually think what I said is incredibly optimistic. I think to your point, the internet mm -hmm. was insane in 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, when everybody first heard about it. And so a lot of people weren't even bad actors. They weren't scams. Their companies were just valued too much because people didn't anticipate the timing that it would take for everyone to catch on. Mm. So I think that my statement there isn't to create negativity, it's to create caution. Mm. Because I think so many people are gonna buy a $7,000 snail with a party hat and you know, so I view it as NFTs are like stuffed animals, but there's going to be beanie babies in there. There's going to be, you know, sure. cabbage patch kids. There's going to be things that go up and things that go down. And I just want people to be thoughtful. That's just on the collecting and the art part. Mm -hmm. NFTs overall, when they become smart contracts for ticketing, access, leases, contracts between people, I think are going to be pretty powerful. Um, and I'm really excited about the evolution over the next decade. Love to hear it. Okay. I want to, I want to dive into music. Okay. Yeah. Season four of mint. Uh, the whole theme is around music. Okay. I've seen videos on you online talking with different artists in your office on how they should be thinking about their NFT music strategy and whatnot. How should musical artists be thinking about NFTs? Right. And I want you to take this from the point of view of independent artists and also artists who have record deals, for example, because the current state from what we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of independent artists see a lot of success from crowdfunding through NFTs, through social tokens, et cetera. How should they be looking at it, you think? Independents should be looking at it as a financial um, opportunity versus taking an upfront 
check from a record label if they think that they can be great at continued sustained marketing. And so, you know, the economics 50-50 deals or 20-80 deals with a label, is that better than selling a piece of your royalties in perpetuity to your fan base is a really fun and fascinating question. And most people will today won't put in the work or build a team around them to successfully launch a $500,000, $1,000,000 NFT launch where the artist keeps 80% of the equity and the fans get 20% of the royalties on this first project. And as pennies come in from the Spotify's and the Apple's forever, mm-hmm. it gets distributed, but there will be a couple and somebody will be that person that comes along and is the chance to rapper is the Russ is that person that, you know, what chance and Russ did as independents is much harder than today. If both of them were 18 coming up the game and knew everything they could do on the blockchain, they would quote unquote, pull it off. Mm. And the reason a lot of those artists that stayed independent then signed deals is that short term influx of a million, $5 million is so hard. I mean, you know, I'm gonna negotiate a new book deal right now and I could go on chain. And I might. E-books. Yeah, I might. I probably will. But HarperCollins, especially because we've done five books together, is gonna have a chance to buy me out from doing the work. Mm. But I think a lot of independent artists, two, four, seven years from the filming of this, will opt to do a project that represents a piece of the action versus taking upfront check because they'll take all that money and their manager or their homies will become the marketing engine and try to do the things that the record label does to create sustained demand. And in a world of SoundCloud, in a world of TikTok and everything in the future that's gonna come out that looks like it, um, I think it's gonna be viable to the most entrepreneurial and Mm. operational music artists not to the people that are just an artist that don't even want to deal with it. And those people are going to continue to sign record deals. And I think it's a game of both. It's just not like these are going to kill the record industry. It's just going to evolve it. Yeah. So you just mentioned a bunch of stuff that actually I have follow on questions to Okay. But for starters, what do you think the relationship between like record labels and music artists looks like now with the introduction of NFTs, all these tokenized assets and whatnot? And I only ask you this yeah, because uh, back in season three, I had this guest on. Her name is Latasha, super talented artist, has an amazing story. We basically had this hot take where music labels are going to become like creative hedge funds, meaning a lot of these a- artists are going to start tokenizing themselves. They're going to have different forms of assets on chain from social tokens to NFTs to music NFTs to, to fandom to all these different things and that these hedge funds might actually evolve into hedge funds, right? They, 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 I mean, not these hedge funds, the record labels will evolve into hedge funds, right? Do you see that kind of coming to fruition? Do you have a different take I mean, on that? I mean, what do you think? I feel like they're kind of that now, but the collateral is the music royalties. And this is just becoming another version of another tool in that toolbox. So, I mean, I would argue that that's what they are today. They're a bank making bets. Mm. And eight out of 10, um, artists, nine out of 10, 99 out of 100, you know, the music people who are listening know this better than I do, could be 999 out of 1,000 really don't hit. 
And if you get a Dell or M&M, it, it probably pays for it all. And by the way, no different than hedge funds and venture capital firms. And so, yeah, I, I think that's happening now. Okay. You got, got it. So you don't I see- think the bigger question is an NFT project can now generate a million or $2 million in an hour if you do it well. Yeah. Will that lead to the fans getting the royalties versus a record label? It, because of the technology of the blockchain is the most interesting conversation yeah. in music. So walk me through that more. So that's for those so who cool, don't understand. Right? Like if, yeah, like if you're Nirvana and you haven't signed a deal yet and it's 1990 and you're on the come up, 88, 89, Nirvana fans will know this better. I'm just guessing the time range. Instead of signing a deal, you put out an NFT project because now it's 2025 and everybody knows how this all works. And you put out a bunch of tokens with different art, maybe your album cover with different variations. And you say that, you know, this token represents a sliver of the royalties. We have, you know, we have a thousand units and, you know, it's going to add up to 20% of our royalties. So 0.02, 0.2, whatever the math is there, 0.02. And, and, that's it. And fans can now buy five, six, seven. And then as the economics come from the distribution partners of today, you're as a fan getting royalties on the music. I mean, musicians that really hit make a lot of money on royalties in whatever deal or good or bad or indifferent deal they have. And that is very good for the artist because an artist on a good day, we'll get 50% of the deal with the record label, sometimes 20%. They also have to pay back the label for every expense. So when the album, when the record gets promoted and they spend $100,000 on a billboard, that's really, the artist is paying that, mm-hmm. right? Because they have to pay that back before it's profitable. I, I think if you have 10,000 fans who have financial interest in you being successful, we've already seen fans of music forever want to pump their up-and-coming artists until they hit big and then they get mad. Because <laughs> they've gone mainstream. <laughs> yeah, now, now, oh, sorry about that. I was getting up, I'm getting you some better You're work. getting too excited, man, too excited. Now, <laughs> now, instead of getting mad when Dave Matthews or or Nirvana or whoever, Lady Gaga, exploded, now you're going to have people that are thrilled because they're going to make money. Yeah. Right? Like, could you imagine, like, this is going to change the relationship graph between artists and fans. Fans who now were really good at picking up and coming artists, almost like A&R. Yeah. They're going to now be able to potentially over the next decade as this gets matured, be part of the action. I mean, imagine you're living, I know a bunch of people who are passionate about music are going to hear this and be like, oh shit, this is exciting. <laughs> imagine what you do for a living is try to find up and coming artists and buy their NFTs to get a piece of the royalties and that you're good enough at it that the Billie Eilish or the Weekend or the you know Roddy Rich or whoever you find hits enough that your little sliver because you bought seven tokens is strong enough to make it a go. So that's the thing. So we're already seeing like friends ape in together, creating these multi-signature wallets, contributing ETH, buying assets of artists that they love and adore that are up and coming on platforms like catalog on sound on mint songs on bolero etc are you buying any yourself have you bought any music nfts i have not you have any interest to in, in the future do you see yourself oh in a, in a substantial way 
What I are just, you looking for? Like, what, what, what would you look for? Well, listen, I have a huge secret weapon. I have Mike Boyd. We, you know, I have unlimited videos on the internet of me sitting down with artists that we thought were going to be hitting and yeah. successful. And whether that's Gunna or whoever it might be, like Tierra Whack or, you know, Lil Keed, like T Grizzly. Like, these are people that I would love to buy. Their, you know, Saweetie was in my office doing a podcast long well, yeah. when she just got out of doing car rap videos. You know, if I go and buy 35 of her NFT projects, which represented 0.35% of her royalties, I believed in her. I believed yeah. in her swag, her hustle, her creativity. I would have done really well. Yeah, makes sense. I, I wanna I wanna talk more about these independent artists because a lot of them are getting much favorability from the Ethereum community. Um, how do you go by building a well-oiled machine? Like, how can you build a system where the creative, the artist can focus on creating what they do best and I guess not spend too much time on the day-to-day -day labor of community building? And that could be actually taken in a different way, right? So should the two even be treated separately, right? Uh, because we're seeing a lot of creatives, like they get the creating part, they understand the producing of music, they get all that stuff. And then when it comes to opening the Discord, when it comes to opening the Telegram, when it comes to creating consistent content, keeping the narrative alive with the, with their collectors, how do you actually go by doing that? I feel like it's one of the biggest challenges plaguing a lot of these artists from jumping deeper into Web3. They give 3% of the action to the Adam or Gary in their life. These artists have given up 10, 20, 30, 80% of their economics for the last 100 years. They're gonna build new partnerships. There's gonna be new, the, the modern day Scooter Braun's, Guy Oseri's, Chris, like the, these people mm -hmm. that came at Coach K, these, they're gonna evolve these managers into different business kind of partners. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could take three of my good people right now and start a record label that do all of what you just said better than anybody on earth and dominate. I'm down. <laughs> so I, so I, I think that's what's going to happen, Adam. I think yeah. the role of the manager, the role of the record label, the role sure. of the agent, promoter, it's going to get convoluted into some new transformed version where the guys and girls that we look up to that have crushed management and representation and distribution will now have to tweak into a new form yeah. where they're, you know, listen, the best manager or record label in 1967 went into radio stations and strong-armed the guys and girls to play your record. Then it was who could get you on TRL. Then it was like, who understands Spotify algorithm? Like, it's always evolving who mm. brings the most value. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of see the relationship, and this goes back to my other question about like the role between record labels and, and artists, right? As more and more artists, they tokenize themselves on chain. Uh, these record labels will be buying these assets rather than owning the person, right? They'll be co-owning pieces of their work and their role will kind of shift to community managers, right? Of managing all these collectors and, and being in the discords, being in the telegrams, being in these communities, setting up IRL events and URL events and whatnot, and seeing that kind of model like evolve as this demand for fan to artist relationship kind of grows, right? So I, I kind of see that taking shape. Uh, and, I, and I echo that you kind of feel the same way. I want to jump into I social I token. Think I, real Go ahead. quick, just for yeah, a quick yeah. second. Yeah. Community management is the slang term you've decided to use for it. I would just call it a modern contemporary marketing executive, right? Because it's 
whether it's Discord or making original content on TikTok or knowing how to run Spotify ads yeah. in their self-serve. Like I do, you know, back to what I do for a living and what Vayner Media does for a living, it is a lot more nuanced that has six to 17 things. I think a lot of people think it's a spoon and I think it's a Swiss army knife. It's not just TikTok or Discord community management content for TikTok versus Instagram versus YouTube shorts. It's also running ads to amplify under underpriced ARB. It's also audio, it's copy, it's influencer marketing arbitrage. It's, it's community replying in Twitter. It's meme creation. It, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an entire new beast. Um, and I'm excited to kind of see it unfold even more over the next few years. I agree. There was beasts, she and he in 1967 that were just as good at radio and mm -hmm. television and doing a print ad and doing an outdoor ad. And that was a 360 marketer in 1967. You were a, you were a unicorn if you could do that, right? What I just said, and I'm sure yeah. there were plenty of people here on Madison Avenue that could. I think one of the things that has been the telltale of my career is that I can do them all. I can mm. have a podcast, I can win on TikTok, I can have a website, an email letter, a, a text messaging platform, an NFT project, a Discord, right? And I think for the artists that are gonna say, I'm not gonna work with a label, they're gonna need somebody that's at least good at two out of seven of those things, three out of yeah. seven, four out of seven. Otherwise, they're gonna be better off taking the upfront bag from the label. Yeah, make, makes a lot of sense. What's up, guys? Adam Levy here. I wanted to take a quick pause to give some love to Coinvise, our NFT sponsor who's making this episode a reality. On Coinvise, you can create a personal or community-owned social token on Ethereum. Coinvise also helps you create incentives through token rewards and bounties, NFT business models, and bot integrations for Discord. Discover more by visiting coinvise.co today. All right, back to the episode. I want to pivot into social tokens and creator coins, something that was the impetus of starting Mint from the get-go about five, six months ago. I wanted to ask you, why don't you think creator coins have had their spotlight yet, like NFTs, right? Like in 2020, we saw excitement around platforms like BitCloud creating human stock markets. We saw platforms like Coinvise pump out thousands of social token projects and community coins in 2021. I don't, but think, they they, still I don't think they feel as good. I mean, I, I went down the rabbit hole in 17 or 18. Right. And really thought about Vcoin and this and that. And it just feels too much like a financial transaction where an NFT has a different element of collectability, community. It just feels different. I'll give you a good example. Sure. Why do people why do people take photos with Rolexes and 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 burka bags on a yacht in a a private plane driving a Lambo, but don't ever post their bank account? Why you know, do you know how many DMs I get of like random people shilling <laughs> their stock market portfolio? Like they shill their, their Rolex. Listen, but but I think you'll agree with me that yeah, DM, sure. of course, there's people holding cash. Yeah, yeah, you I'm just people a hard time. Check. No, no, yeah. no, you're you're actually right. I I agree. I think they do do it more on DM. We see it far less in the main social post because there's a level of douchery that you cannot avoid if you're gonna go directly to, I got 7 million in my bank account. Mm. But I have this apartment in Malibu different. on the border, different. It alludes to it. It's one thing to say I have $480,000. It's another thing to say I have a Bored Ape Yacht Club. Yeah. And so I think the reason you've seen NFTs go, and this was my thesis, is because 
They're more how humans actually act. Currencies are very, very one-dimensional and hard to build back up when dead. NFTs are gonna be like brands. An NFT project can have a big 2011. Let's pick one I like a lot. Cool cats, great kids. I hope they dominate. Hope it becomes fucking Disney. But let's say it doesn't. It's had a great year. So you know what that means, Adam? Mm. It means if that project doesn't win over the next decade, in 11 years, I can buy that brand, buy up a bunch of the tokens, and refurbish it the way the champion went from a fucking private label bullshit sweatpants brand for a 50-year-old to the hottest streetwear brand for two years. The way that Lacoste was hot in the 80s, dead in the 90s and 2000s, and had a moment again. The way that Reebok now under the Salters may get rebooted. Like we've seen brands go from starter jackets Mm -hmm. up, down, right? That, that's what an NFT can do that a social token will have a much harder time doing. So then what, what's the incentive of, let's say, someone like Board Ape Yacht Club, okay, issuing the, the apes as like membership passes into the club and then sharing this grandiose roadmap of a governance token coming into play? Why do you think, why do you think that's critical? Do you think it's a mistake? What, 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 how do you I feel about that? I don't know because I haven't really allowed myself yet to be thoughtful enough of tokenization to give you a great answer right now. Mm. I... Which and, I think is the beauty of the space too, right? We're seeing yeah, this stuff and, unfold and, in real time. Yeah. And also I have I do well when I observe and then communicate quickly mm. because then I have conviction and I have I don't want to be on your show, have people watch, and then whatever I say right now, if I guess, be wrong, that hurts me. I'm very proud of every, like I want everybody to watch every video receipt of me for the last 15 years. I think <laughs> that's my strength instead of a weakness. I don't have a good sense yet as an entrepreneur and a businessman of what governance tokens, how they play out. I see the Axie stuff. I see it. I see it. Yeah. It's all coming. Yeah. It's all coming. It's something that I know for sure I will have a moment probably this year since it's tw- mid, late, maybe early 23 that I'll probably have to ask my question of, am I going to do anything like that with BeFriends? Because BeFriends is forever for me. Right. But I prefer to see, like, I'm excited that Board Ape Yacht Club is doing that. I think I heard Cool Cats might do it too. Like, I'm not sure who's doing it, but I'm going to be watching all of them to learn and react. My, my belief is that it's not super hard to make the tokens have one set of governance and to have the NFT do a different. Mm-hmm. But I do think that projects have to be very thoughtful to make sure that the only reason they're not, they have to make big, big honest conversations with themselves around, are we issuing this strictly because it's good for us financially or do we think this is going to work out long-term? Yeah, makes sense. Let's talk about DAOs for for, for, for a minute, okay? Uh, you've always wanted to buy the Jets. You always yep. talk about it. It's your lifelong goal. So what do you say? Let's form a DAO to buy the Jets. I th- okay, all I the friend, wait, wait, all the friend holders will be whitelisted. Yep. Okay, it'll be a community owned, the first community owned NFL yep. team, right? It'll be the destination for crypto and football yep. lovers. What do you think? Let's do it. I think, first of all, I think it will happen. I mean, okay. I've already done it with a English, uh, with a soccer team, and I wrote a small check because I want to watch it and I want to yeah. learn. Yeah. I think the thing that's really interesting with me is that I, in, I've, and I've been clearing this up for the last six years because I want people to really know because it might help them. My passion is trying to buy the Jets more than actually buying them. Mm. And so I, 
it's run through my mind. I'll keep watching the space. I also know that it'd be highly unlikely that the NFL owners would want that to be the case is my intuition. I could be wrong. But my great love affair is the process much more than the destination. Got it. Got my it. goal is to buy, is to try to buy the Jets more than to buy the Jets. And I'm still young. I'm 46 years old. I want to keep building blocks. And so I'm not in a quote unquote rush. And I still have a lot of value I need to bring to the world if I was to then go any kind of route that looked like that. And so it's not on my radar. Well, when it does come on your radar, I hope you decide to form a DAO <laughs> and you. include all of us to buy it's it also, collectively. It's all, you know this, and you know, you're educated. I think it's really fun to watch the DAOs. The DAOs, there's a lot of things on earth that are amazing ideologies and then go against the human spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right? So one thing that I'm excited to see how DAOs play out is like, it's great to think about these things but like we've seen a ton of DAOs really struggle with human behavior. So there's going to be continued innovation. And I think the DAOs of 2025 are going to be a hell of a lot more thoughtful and sharper than the DAOs of 2021. Yeah. I think the current state of DAOs is a lot of people want to create DAOs, but a lot of people like don't want to contribute to them as much. <laughs> yes. Right. I, I think a lot of people want to create governance processes, but a lot of people don't want to contribute to those governance processes. People don't same. even vote. A lot of people don't even vote. You end up seeing that the, like the largest shareholders, like the funds, end up controlling the direction of the protocol, and you see them voting publicly on Snapshot or their own governance forms and whatnot. So I think, in in theory, I think yes, there's a lot of opportunity. I I've started DAOs. I've contributed to DAOs. I love the concept of DAOs. I love seeing artists issue assets of themselves, like music artists, whether it be in the form of an an NFT, a social token, whatever it may be, and then all these collectors coming together collectively building this artist. So I think there's different use cases that come into play that make it notable and worth exploring. I think, like you said, these ideologies can kind of like stifle people and blur vision. All right, let's talk about minimum viable communities. Okay. Mm, um, it's, this is something that I introduced on the podcast back like in that. what, like October, 2021. Okay. I like that. And this concept of an MVC how do you think about the differences and the sim similarities between building an MVP and an MVC? What comes to you mind? Know, what comes to mind is they work because you're crawling before you run. Like I'm sitting with kids that have never built anything in their life and there's, their opening line is like, Gary, I'm building Hello Kitty. I'm like, brother, you haven't even launched anything in your <laughs> life. You've never run anything. And I'm all about it. I'm all about it. I'm like, sister, you got this. I'm cheering for you. I'll help you. Who can I help you with? But like, I love envy whatever because it creates a framework for people to be more thoughtful, patient. There are so many people doing everything right now for a cash grab, short term. I'm so excited how this is going to play out for me because I know I'm doing this for the rest of my life. And I think 99.9999999% of the people are not. And for me, that gives me great comfort because I think historically that will play out well for me. I'm concerned about the people that buy these NFTs because I think so many will fail for the reason mm -hmm. that we're talking about, but I love it. Get 200, it's how I started my career. Do you know how many people, in the first three years of Wine Library TV, there were 700 people that adored me. Three years. By the way, then I had to restart because I decided I wanted to do content about my actual life, not just my wine. Sure. 
Right, so I almost had to restart because all my wine people were like, don't, what are you doing? You don't do business, you do wine. I'm like, no, no, I've been doing business the whole time. But that's the thing. How do you find those 700 people? Like the minimum they, viable they community. They find like, you. They it's find all content. You. Okay. you don't find them. They find you through content. You wanna, it's very easy right now for NFT projects. Go put out thoughtful content on Twitter, put hashtag NFT, link to your Discord and your profile, and let people come one, two, 17 or 190 at a time based on the quality of the content you put out. So sell the vision first Adam, versus- Adam, it's yeah. the number one issue, and this is why I push it like a fucker. Everybody is so uncomfortably impatient to build something meaningful that all the comments, all the questions, all the strategies are grounded in instant success, which is why they'll all fail. From 2007 to 2011, I spent more than five hours a day on Twitter replying to people about wine questions yeah. every day. Right. It's documented. I'll pull up my, if I pull up my Twitter right now, right? Let me just pull it up. I have, how do you find this? Where did they put these now? Where's, where, you're looking for where share they, screen? I'm looking, no, I'm not looking for share screen. I'm looking for how many tweets I've put out. Where do they put that? Oh, I feel like it should be on the top of your profile. Like, I thought so too, but I don't see. I'm, I'm before I even say I'm guessing like yeah. a million, two million, something like that. I don't think How it's many? that high. <laughs> How many? Because like as you're as you're finding that, okay. So yep. those first seven hundred people, okay. When when a creator, when an independent artist, when someone entering the space, okay, tries to build that initial pulse around their vision, around their ideologies. Your take is to push out content, add these hashtags. And like tap into these like discovery mechanisms that allow you to kind of find these people that resonate with what you're trying to do. Is that how you're approaching it? Right. So, like, let's say for like independent artists, okay, they want to issue music NFTs, they want to find collectors. How do they build like an MVC? How do they actually go by doing that? They spend six months learning about NFTs and live on Discord and Twitter, or again, like I said earlier, have their homie right hand manager 2.0 do it because there is no other way to do it yeah because the, the nft community that knows how to buy an nft today is too small too tech savvy too different and they have incredible cynicism to anybody who's not native yeah they don't like famous people or 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 people they, they can smell right they can smell they it. can they smell, can smell, smell the bullshit it. yeah and so every authentic small community can always smell bullshit and right now nft buyers are too small yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Okay. Let's, let's, uh, cause I know we're running out of time. Okay. Let's, yeah. let's wrap this up with a couple more questions. Okay. Really quick. Biggest trends you've observed in 2021 that you see will set the tone for 2022. Fire it off. <sighs> I, I, I'm sorry to say this, but it, it's important to me. Okay. Greed is taking over. Okay. Something that in the macro is revolutionary. Okay. NFTs are here to stay for the rest of our lives but 99% of the projects that are out right now will not be good investments. Okay. It's Next. a huge trend. I, 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 it's important for everybody listening. Here, yeah. But I got everybody here to flip side. Yeah. When internet stocks crashed in 2000, Amazon and eBay were sitting there for dollars. And if you put in a thousand, it would have changed your life forever. I think that's a mic drop. So look for the dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, like follow, follow the quality. Whether it's Board Ape, whether it's V Friends, whether it's Creatures, World of Women, Doodles, Board Ape Yacht Club, Alien Friends, whatever. Yeah. Seven to 12 of these 
are gonna hit. In Mm -hmm. the 80s, all these after-school television shows, cartoons, He-Man, Rainbow Bright, Care Bears, right? Transformers, they, a lot of them hit. Many more never made it on the air and many more made it on the air and didn't hit. That's what's happening right now. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. All right, final uh, final series real quick, okay? I wanna introduce something first time on Mint, okay? Called Bullish or Bearish, all right? I'm gonna fire some things at you. So, and you're gonna tell me whether you're bullish or bearish on them, okay? Social tokens, bullish or bearish? I want you, social as in like around people? Like the currencies, like creator coins, community coins, et cetera. Neutral. Neutral, okay. I, I'll tell you why. In theory, I like it. Most of the behavior around it right now, short-term cash grab. Okay. Music NFTs, bullish or bearish? Bullish. Punks flipping apes. Bullish back. or bearish? Yeah, back. In perpetuity? Yeah. Bullish. Sure. Bullish. Were you surprised when, when that happened, when apes flip punks? No, the moment, I mean, BAYC has got so much momentum. Kudos to that team, Guy Oseri, the original founders. Like, yeah. It's sometimes runaway trains are runaway trains. Their challenge, like for anything that gets that ultra hot, is Nike just steams along and you have moments of, you know, the kits, the Supremes, the, mm. right? And mm. so like what their challenge will be is sustaining the ultraness in those very hot things. And by the way, I'm cheering for them. I hope they do it. It's fucking hard. It's like any supernova, right? Like a superstar that Lady Gaga is a legend, but like it's not what it was when she was on television every second coming out of it, right? It's like those yeah. moments. That's that's hard. And I think they've got the talent to do it. I mean, you look at Guy Oseri, he's managed Madonna, one of the few people that has been able to consistently do it. So like it'll yeah. be really fun to watch, but yeah. it's gonna be hard. All right, V friends flipping apes and punks. Bullish or bearish? I think, Let's go. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to build the number one project in the space if you give me the rest of my life. But I'll, but much like trying to buy the Jets, I just want to try to do that. Yeah. Like 78-year-old me seeing the Larva guys or seeing the board ape and them, and them being 5'10x to me, I go up there with handshake and like real love. Like, man, you guys really, yeah. like I'm really proud of what I did, but you, got, like I love giving roses to people that outperform me in my business. Hmm. When, you know, when I met the Sam's wine club people, Sam's in Chicago, big wine store. When I met Bob Hoffman, may hmm. rest in peace. When they were a much bigger store than wine library and doing it better, I couldn't wait to run up to him at the wine spectator and be like, you guys are doing like, even though every day of my life, I'm trying to do it better. I love when people outperform me because it's based on merit. But do I believe that V friends will be number one? I do because I think, I think I'm more Walt Disney and Vince McMahon and I've talked about those two, and I think I'm that, and I'm going to do it. Amazing. All right, last two. DAOs, bullish or bearish? Very bullish. Very bullish. Okay. The U.S. operating like a version of a DAO where every citizen's vote is captured on-chain during political elections. Bullish or bearish? Bearish. Bearish. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think there's going to be too much defense in Washington for that. All right, Gary, this was fun, man. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, I hope to have you on again soon. Happy holidays. See ya.